headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. This is The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm Ramsey personality George Campbell, joined today by the infamous Dr. John Deloney. Some call it the Dream Team, some call it America's Nightmare, and you get to choose today as you listen I don't think ever called us the Dream Team. No, that was just me. That was aspirational. I appreciate your aspirations. Well, we are here for you, America. Give us a call, 888-825-5225. Uh, John Deloney, he can answer almost every question, but he's really <laughs> great at the ones concerning mental health, relationships, boundaries, marriage, you name it, and uh, I'll jump in on the money questions and nerd out with you. So if you're trying to get out of debt, you've got some anxiety, you're going through a hard time, a hard time like I am right now, John, very emotional to but, start off the hey, show. But we're a dream team, so I'll pick up when uh, you go through hard times. That's what we're going to do. That's a great teammate. Well, John is kicking us off in Knoxville, Tennessee. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for everything you guys do. Sure. How can we help today? So I'm looking for some advice, opinions on hopefully purchasing our first home in six to eight months. Cool. And I can give some context on that. Please do. All right. So I'm on baby step 3B, so we have zero debt. We just had our second daughter one week ago. Congrats. So, uh, that was a big thing. I <laughs> appreciate it. And we have officially outgrew our 800-square-foot home. It's actually in my dad's name. We've been living here for a while, and we're needing a, a bigger home for sure now. Are you paying him rent? Um, um, no, we pay free? all the land taxes for the 13 acres, so that's, that's the majority of what we do. Awesome. Um, one important in- piece of information is uh, my wife and I, we are, have our daughters in, uh, or our oldest daughter currently in private school. And we're not a fan of public and homeschool, so that has a big play to do with this new home that we're wanting to get into. In what way? Financially? Um, so we, yeah, we live pretty far away from any kind of private school. About 50 minutes we're driving one way now. So Oof. our first option that we have is my dad actually gifted us five acres of land. It's in our name. Um, so we would have to build though, and that would require sixty to eighty thousand dollars in land prep. So of course that takes away from the amount of home that we can build, and of course we're very far away from the school, uh, almost an hour one way. So that's that's one option. That's on the Our five acres. Option, you're an hour away. Yeah, correct. And that's currently where we're at now. It's just the next mountain over where we would build. Um, and then our second option we're thinking about is uh, moving to the city, renting for a little bit, and then buying a house if we like the area, probably in, actually in the Knoxville area. Uh, we would be close to the school, but then we'd be very away, very far away from both my parents and my uh, wife's parents. Um, and our oldest daughter is completely against moving, so that's that part to do with it, too. <laughs> How old is she? Uh, only eight years old. Okay. So there's a, there's a reason why we as a society have all pitched in and, and, and we've all said, Hey, you know what? Let's don't let eight year olds buy beer or, uh, <laughs> guns or drive cause they're eight. Right. So just for whatever yeah. it's worth, she gets zero votes, none, no votes at all. <laughs> gotcha. You could move her to the yeah. moon. And if you're good parents, uh, she's going to, she's going to be fine. So she doesn't get a vote. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump back okay. in there. Let me, let me back out a little bit. Let me tell you this. I've learned this the hard mm-hmm. way with two kids. Um, I moved out to the woods, and it was good for our family. And from moving downtown Nashville to into the woods with two kids, it's been awesome. And my wife spends 
an incredible amount of time in the car. And mm-hmm. it definitely <laughs> takes away from um, so many other things that uh, we had dreamed of doing, simply getting to mm-hmm. and from different places. And so I would much yeah. rather see you build a life worth living and then go to your parents on the weekends versus here's mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. You're trying to keep your life exactly the same and you just added another kid and you'll have this value, which is where you'd rather drive two hours a day than send our kids to public mm-hmm. school and be invested in the public school system and help it grow and morph and change. Um, we want to spend two hours in the day in the car. Like, you see what I'm saying? You're creating all these variables yeah. for yourself and then you're frustrated that your life isn't smooth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes it does. Based on everything you just told me, I'm going with your second option, which is we're going to move into the city. We're going to buy a house there mm-hmm. when we're ready to do it. Maybe that means we rent for a year or two while we save up. How much money do you have saved right now for 3B? Um, we currently have $15,000 for our emergency fund. We have about $10,000 towards the house, but in six to eight months, we should have about 30000 to put down. So what I'm hearing is every six months, you can save up another 20000 yeah, yeah, we have uh, 3000 minimum months going towards uh, a down payment. Okay. So what that means 40 a year, which means in 2 years you could have 80 on top of your 10, which puts yeah. it at 90. And now we're looking at a healthier down payment because I'm guessing to live in the city is going to be more expensive. Yeah, but we're currently not paying rent right now, so that will have play an effect with how quickly we can spend if we move to the city, for sure. Great. The other thing would be just Gritting your teeth for another 18, 24 months in the 800 square foot house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just said. That's definitely an option. It's, it's rough, but yeah. it's an option. <laughs> yeah. Um, your eight year old say, oh, yeah, you don't get you, you get so few votes, you get to sleep in a tent in the backyard for the next two years. Don't do that for <laughs> a bit. Um, hey, let me ask you, why, why, what do you pay in private school tuition? Uh, it's 400 a month. Okay. And that's worth it to your family? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I think you have your answer. If you want to st- stick it out there for a while, do that until you can't stand it any longer, and then we're moving to the city and probably renting for another year because we need a lot more money saved up because I want you to do this the right mm-hmm. way, the smart way, and not with impulse. And that means mm-hmm. a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage with 10 to 20% down if you're able to and have that payment be no more than a quarter of your take-home pay. So that gives you your timeline parameters pretty easily. You don't really have to wonder at that yeah. point. Okay, cool. So start Thank looking you. around and see what you can get in that area, and and I'm sure there's some great spots you can rent, and it's going to be a lot more than you're paying now because right now you're paying pennies. So that's going to be part of your budget. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for the call. Good luck with, uh, with the move and the changes. George, I see this a lot where – People just want to have all of it. And you want the cake it, and you want to eat it. And they don't want it to be uncomfortable, right? And um, and I made this mistake. I've talked about this from stage. Talking, Whenever my wife said she was pregnant, I thought to myself, okay, cool, nine to 10 months-ish, and then I'll get my wife back, right? And I didn't even know what that meant. I just thought, then we'll be able to go back to our- Life will go to normal. Crazy life we had when we were single. We'll just have another human, and they'll be fine. And then after a few months, after my son was born, I was like, it's probably gonna be a little bit longer probably another 12 months and then then I'll, we can go back to the way things were and there's no going back right and so now they've reached a, they've crossed a new line which is oh we have a second kid and that would mean if we're going to choose to continue to, to do private school that's two tuitions and 50 minutes in the car here and the, 
all of a sudden this life we had imagined is very different and so you have to reconstruct your house every time you have a major change in it amen and i lived in a 900 square foot house growing up i feel like this dates me here john but we survived everybody's everybody lives you sit on one couch it's fine you don't need that much space well you're not a huge guy that's true thanks for reminding america it's your show america 888-825-5225 Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Well, it's no secret we love talking money around here, but we know not everybody feels that way. And that's why Rachel Cruz and myself started thinking about what it would be like to talk money for those of you who'd rather just have fun. So last week, we launched a brand new Ramsey Network podcast called Smart Money Happy Hour. Rachel and I, we dig into the stuff you and your friends would talk about at your weekly happy hour. Things like pop culture, what's going on in the world, and how you can afford the life you love. It's fun, casual, entertaining money advice that will make you feel less stressed and more in control of your money. Plus, we have a really good time. Some call it hilarious. That's a review from John Deloney on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for that one, John. Y'all are the, you and Rachel Cruz are the original dream team. Wow, I I was called Regis Philbin, and I took that as a compliment. I would I would take that all soul. the way to the compliment. Regis and bank. Kathy Lee. So, and we'll, we promise, while it's entertaining, you actually will walk away learning something. There's some good takeaways in there. So, if this sounds like something you're interested in, go ahead and subscribe to Smart Money Happy Hour wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, that way, you'll get notified every single Thursday when we release a new episode. We've got two out already. It charted at number one. Number one, man! All Congratulations! Weekend. Thank you on the business charts. It's number one on Spotify and the business charts as well well as Apple, and we charted at number 19 overall out of all the podcasts in the world, which is amazing. So thank you all for sharing, subscribing, leaving your feedback, leaving reviews, five stars, all of it. We super appreciate it. The team has done an incredible job with this one. All right, open phones this hour, 888-825-5225. Brian is up next in Bowling Green. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. How are you? What can we help with today? Well, uh, I'm I'm kind of in uh, kind of in a crossroads right now. Right now, I'm about forty eight thousand eight hundred and thirty seven uh, dollars in um, student loan debt. I'm in the middle of trying to become a doctor, uh, MD, um, and or I'm trying to you know get a good MCAT score and get in. Uh, as I'm in between jobs, I'm just trying to find something that I can uh, 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 do. Um, and I have a couple of offers, a uh, car salesman position, a retail position over at Sam's, or maybe try and find something in a hospital. I'm not sure uh, who's going to be getting to me first, but what do you guys suggest? Well, on first blush, the hospital one seems like it would give you some valuable experience since that's where you're wanting to go. 
yes, it's just that they're taking forever to get back to me, and I'm not even and, and I'm looking at the pay, and hopefully I'm not sure how long this interim of uh, stalled payments is going to last out. I'm not sure if they're going to extend it again, depending on what happens in November and whatnot. They're not going to, and yeah. Um, Here's what's concerning, and so I've mm-hmm. I spent a, um, the last few years before I came to Ramsey Solutions researching the mental health of attorneys and lawyers, uh, I am uh, attorneys and doctors, and a couple other groups. The doctors who are successful, you can't keep them out of the medical service profession, and I'm already concerned about why you would want to go to med school. And also be considering a job selling used cars. Is this just a simply a I I need it's a dollars and cents thing? I can just make way more money doing this right now. Because um, if you're already like, well, you know, I don't know if it's worth it right now, or they're taking forever, dude. Medical school is going to eat your lunch. Mm. Why do you want to be a doctor? Don't- to be able to help people and do work that uh, truly matters, to be able to take someone who's suffering and be able to uh, help them out in a uh, reasonable and, and impact their life like greatly. So how can anybody in the world keep you out of a hospital right now? Sweeping floors, uh, doing whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, just uh, not much there. Like it's, I'm, I'm, I've been fighting for this for you know, coming on a decade now and I'm, I'm still plugging. I'm still fighting. I'm just trying to find some way to keep the lights on right now. There you go. Okay. That's, um, that's what I need to know. That's cool. And the other side of uh, any sort of long-term dream like this, right, is I'll do anything it takes in the interim to make this thing happen. So I honor that too, man. That's good. For, good for you. Um, I just want to make sure you know what you're biting off, but it sounds like you, this has been your dream for a long, long time. Oh, trust me, I did quantitative analysis in organic chemistry. Trust me, I, I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've paid your debt. Hey, if you can get through OK, man, you can get through much. So um, I'll turn over to George with the, with, the, with the dollars and cents part of this. Um, go ahead and buckle up for education, institutions, medical institutions. They move glacially. Just got to settle in, man. It's just, like the DMV. It takes it's it's like the DMV if the DMV wanted to slow things down a bit. Ouch! <laughs> right? Are there other <laughs> hospitals in your area that you've checked out? Yes, I've gone through the major ones that are in the area, um, and I am about to today. I'm going to start applying to the smaller clinics, like just literally anything. That, that I, I, I would I would focus my energy on small clinics. Um, I keep hearing anecdotally about the shortages on everything from cleaners to people running gurneys to people running, um, you know, the morgue area. I mean, people just shortages everywhere. And so, I, yeah, I would get my applications out all over the place. And in the meantime, if you want to go work at a wholesale club to make 20 bucks an hour so that you can start stacking up Absolutely. some cash, Heck yeah. that's great. And then you can move on. If you get a full-time role at a hospital doing what you want to do, that's great too. Yeah, I mean... You know, dreams are nice, but you know the rent's going the first. You know, yes, kind of yeah. You That's can't uh, pay your light bill with with you know dragon's tears. You got to actually go make real money. And uh, I love that you're willing to do whatever it takes right now and willing to be scrappy about it. Yeah. That tells me you're you're off to a good start. Don't take the delay as something personal. It's just it's it's the nature of that beast right now. And so go just keep grinding and grinding. Someone's going to be lucky to have you. 
Thanks for the call, Brian. Appreciate it. Kelsey's up next in Baton Rouge. Kelsey, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to get your advice. Uh, my husband and I are trying to make a difficult decision. Um, we're on our debt-free journey, and we've got two daughters that are young but exceptionally talented at gymnastics, and we're trying to decide if we should sell our home to become debt-free and to be able to continue to support their gymnastics, or should we stay in our home and maybe pull them out so that we can really kickstart our, our baby step journey? Wow. Why is selling the house your first option? We have a lot of equity in our home. Um, and I guess sometimes we just feel like we'd be pretty happy in a, in a more modest home. That's a reason to sell it, not so that we can be able to ship our kids all over the country. Yeah. If I, I am really hesitant for you to use your kids as an excuse to make any sort of decision. Y'all need to make what's okay. the best decision for your family and, and your living needs and your financial situation, and then the kids come on the back end of that. Sure. They can't um, carry and, and, the weight of their parents' hopes and dreams. We sold the house for you to do gymnastics, and now you don't want to do gymnastics yeah. anymore? Now you just want to smoke cigarettes? Yeah, and, yeah, and they can't carry that weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't. Yeah. It, we it, wouldn't want to do that. I will say we originally had planned on selling our home so we could quickly become debt-free and, and have that peace. Since my husband's our sole provider, we're, we're ready to get there. Um, but then we recently had the thought that we could just take them out of gymnastics and make it work to stay in this house, which is where I guess. How much is gymnastics costing you? Um, gymnastics for both of them um, total is eight hundred seventy dollars a month. Wow! Gosh, and that doesn't include yeah. travel, does it? Um, it doesn't, but the majority of our meets are local, and I, I'm pretty sure we have the option to decline any travel at this stage okay. since they're so young. So, what would something in your gut says? Put taking them out on the table. What is it? Um, it is a lot of money. Um, and if we took them out, I guess crunching the numbers, either way, we end up hopefully with a paid for house at 40 years old, completely debt free. Um, but one option is they're still in gymnastics, but we're in a more modest home. Whereas the other option is staying in this home, taking them out, and, and then we have a much nicer home that's paid for. <laughs> hmm. I would look I at cutting all other expenses, increasing income, taking on side jobs, and staying in the home. And selling the home to me is a last-ditch option, unless you guys just hate this okay. house and want to move anyways. But that's a huge step to take just to keep affording gymnastics. Yeah, yeah I, I, again, I would not do this because of gymnastics. If gymnastics, if you're able to afford it because you've done this, fine. I always want parents to ask themselves, are we keeping our kids in after-school sports and elite travel stuff to fulfill our dreams? or for our kids. Most kids just want time with their parents. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. 
I'm George Camel, host of The Fine Print and co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour podcast. Hosting today with my friend Dr. John Deloney, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show. You can check out all of those shows on the Ramsey Network and wherever you listen to podcasts. Open phones this hour, 888-825-5225. Let's talk about your life, your money, boundaries, relationships, mental health issues. We are here to serve you, America. Mike joins us up next in Columbus, Ohio. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon to so you, sir. I've been, I've been saving uh, to purchase a home, and uh, I've been looking for the last year or so. Hasn't been much of opportunity on the market. I'm currently renting. I've built up a fairly large liquid cash position as I've been saving up. And I'm worried about the impact of inflation on that uh, particular savings. Sure. How much do you have? Uh, currently in liquid, 105000 Awesome. And where is that currently saved? It's uh, currently in a bank savings account. Making probably 0.001%? Yeah. yeah. You can do better than that. Now, I, Mike, you sound disappointed in yeah. Mike. Now, have you heard about like a high-yield savings account online? Uh, yes and no. For the most part, I've been just parking money and haven't really been thinking about it much. Okay. We uh, love a savings account for that kind of short-term savings. I don't want you investing this money, but there are better options for savings accounts. And one is that online high-yield savings account. I've got one right now. It's you're, I'm getting 2.6%, which is incredible compared to what it's been the last few years. So interest rates have been climbing on those savings accounts, which is great. So you can do a lot better on that money. If you moved it now, over. Interestingly enough, is that is that um, 2.6% compounded or is that annual? Um, that would be annual, so but how it, it would get up. compounded because you get 2.6% every year. And so as you earn that 2.6, you're going to earn 2.6 on that amount now. And so uh, it's a it's a great deal for to keep your cash liquid. Yes, you could invest it in the market, but as we've seen, uh, you know, my 401k is down like 25%. So... I'd be real upset if I was in the I'm stock market. I'm not even looking right at mine. John just doesn't look. It's probably I'm not for the looking. Best. So, Mike, that's what I would do if I was in your shoes. You're on uh, to a great start. I mean, is that enough money to get you a down payment right now for the house you're looking at? Yep, it is. Um, and at about 20% for the range that I'm looking at, which is pretty good. What, what's your, what's your hangout? That- There's something sitting, like not sitting in your soul, right? What is it? Um,. Immediacy of action because I'm looking to purchase a house right now. I'm going. I've been renting for a little bit. I'm going to month to month. Okay. Because I uh, had a house that was lined up uh, with a good offer and it kind of fell through. Okay. You work so with a good agent. In, uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I have a tendency, Mike, to get frustrated with the situation and go do something to shake the snow globe, and I make a mess. So. The mm-hmm. hardest part for you is to not let this hundred grand burn a hole in your pocket and your frustration with renting make you do make a, a foolish long-term decision. Whether that's to go yeah. dump all this money into an index fund and lose 10% of it over the next year because the, st- the market is still fluctuating and you need the cash mm-hmm. or to go buy a house that you really don't like but you're just sick of all it. Man, you need to just be patient. Even if you have a friend, you say, hey, your job is to make ask me these questions before I go do something stupid. Right, you're not going to earn twenty percent. You're not going to earn back inflation. You're not going to earn back eight point three or eight point six, whatever it is. You're not going to earn that back in a liquid account. 
You're just not. So you got to make peace with inflation is what it is, but I am interested in holding on to this cash right now. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, hey, can I ask you one other question really quick? Sure. How would you differentiate this from an emergency savings account, and how would you handle the two differently? I mean, I would keep them in different accounts so that I don't go into the cookie jar and then go, oh, that was my emergency fund. But I keep the majority of my emergency fund in a high uh, high yield online savings account. And so that's where I would tell you to put that home savings as well. Now they're different, right. so I would leave and them I in separate accounts. You can create multiple accounts with those um, with those banks. But I'm looking at the numbers now. You could be making 2700 bucks a year right now if it was in a high-yield savings instead of close to zero. Mm-hmm. That comes out to a little over yeah. 200 bucks a month. But let me tell you, Mike, the secret sauce is not the interest rate. It's Mike. You putting money away, living on less than you make, that is the secret sauce to beating inflation, not a savings rate. And you've done that. that. You've done it, man. I mean, how many people look up and go, I got 100 grand in the bank, and I'm ready to buy a house, and I'm ready to do it the smart way. So now yeah. you've done the work. You said a hundred grand was enough to get this house, right? So now it's the game of patience, like John's talking about, going, "Well, I want to buy the right house, and not just because I'm sick of renting." Because it's the biggest purchase you've ever made in your life, right? Um, yep. So I'm going to walk with a lot of caution, a lot of wisdom. Work with a great real estate agent, and desperation leads to bad financial decisions. And when you can do it with patience, and you're not in a rush, that's when you can actually get the best deal. Because you're not feeling impulsive to just get it now and not negotiate and take your time and walk away if it's not a great deal. All right. So you've done great, man. The one move I'd make is just switching it over to high yield uh, savings account. And at least for now, you'll feel better making that 200 bucks a month. So thanks for the question. It's a good one. And George, you and I have talked about this offline just when we're hanging out in the green room somewhere talking about how we each do, how we actually live these principles out in our own lives. And I have my emergency fund in the same place with my checking account. I, I earn... I may earn a high five every year, right? Annually, um, it's for me. It's not worth. I need to pull up this bank, and I don't have you know. I don't keep apps on my phone, so it's it's just a personal decision. I think the main thing is, do you know where it is, and can you get to it in the case of an emergency? Is it liquid? Is yeah. It liquid? yeah, yeah. And we always say an emergency fund is insurance, not an investment. There you go. And a lot of people look at ten, twenty, thirty grand, and they're going, "Well, John, that's unsophisticated. You should put that. You could invest that money. That's the wise thing to do." It's not an investment. It's, it's meant insurance. to protect you. Yes, it's sleep insurance. There you go. I can go on a tr- on a vacation, and if something goes wrong, that's fine. You got the money. Yeah, that's right. That's a good word. All right, Dave joins us up next in Erie, Pennsylvania. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for taking my call today. Sure. How can we help? Well, I'm I'm uh, real quickly. I'm 58 and a half, everyday millionaire, uh, um, debt free. I'm going to continue to work when I'm 59 and a half and can utilize my 401k. Is it okay to use it at that time to purchase um, a new vehicle and let that ride for a while and build back up and then purchase my wife a new vehicle and, and use that as a as a vehicle fund? Will you still be working at that point? Th- that's correct. Yeah, I'm still going to continue to work. Uh, I'm still going to continue to trip. Uh, contribute to it, and, and I thought that might be just as simple as as you know saving up and and uh, uh, using that fund for that. And you're completely debt free. Yes, sir. Home and everything. Yep, everything. I I owe nothing. Uh, worth about uh, one point two five. Way to go. And uh, you know we we cash flow everything and and uh, just. That's a that's a lot of money to build up. You know what a new vehicle costs. I thought, geez, you know if I can hang on with some old. Uh, old 2006 vehicles 
for another year, I can utilize that fund. But, uh, you know, taking the current uh, financial state of the country and everything, I just wonder if that was if that was okay to do. So I want to ask a question to George. Dave, on your question sparked a question with me, and so both of you answer this. Why wouldn't Dave and or George, I guess, just stop making payments to the 401 and go ahead and just save up cash? It's going to take you a few months, but why would you? Why would you end up owing yourself? I could do that, and I just wonder what is it six one half the the other? What's what? What's the, what would be the difference? I, I I don't know. I guess my question is why wouldn't you just save up and cash flow it with your income? I mean, you've done so great. You've stayed out of debt. You're doing all the stuff the right way. I just wouldn't want to rob my retirement, you know, to start my retirement off as soon as you can pull the money out and rob the growth that's happening in that account. How much is in that account? Um, uh, one fund has, has right around uh, $1 million and another one has about, about two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand. 250000 I mean, doing the math on what the compound growth of that account is today and taking forty grand out of that to buy a car, it would just hurt me emotionally. Yeah. And so I would go, I'm going to cash flow it, and I'm probably going to make a different decision if I'm cash flowing it versus taking out of my retirement. And so I would just tread with caution there. There's nothing wrong with it. I just don't think you need to. And so I would just save up with your future income, with savings, and do it that way versus robbing the retirement on day one. That's one man's take. But congrats, man. You've done a great job. Super happy for you. This is The Ramsey Show. Question of the day comes from Blinds.com. Find out for yourself why they're the number one online retailer of custom window covering. You get free samples, free shipping, and with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use promo code RAMSEY to get the best deal. All right, today's question comes from Marge in Florida. That's right, I said that right. Marge in Florida, that's right. All right, I've been going through various church videos on the YouTubes to try to connect to a good church in hopes of having a pastor inspire me to continue listening to his sermons. Oh boy. I thought I found one and was considering giving a donation. But when I went to the giving page on the website, there was a box I've not seen on other churches' sites. The option to give with stock or crypto. It surprised me because it's a new way to raise finances, but I'm not sure if there are tax implications. Have you heard of this happening and what's your take on this? Wow. Hmm. Uh, this is honestly a first for me, John. I'm Googling it, and there are many articles talking about how this is becoming a trend with churches offering this as an option. Why would the church accept a, f- a failing pseudocurrency? Well, that's the big question, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's where my heart's at. You can give us cash, check, or just a bucket of gravel. We'll take that, wow. too. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my immediate take on this is a hard no. Yeah. Especially with this online church. It's not a church she actually attends locally. Yeah, so let me... You can answer the stock and crypto part. Let me answer this. Um, I don't believe in treating a church like a taco stand where you just go sample it until... like. When you ask yourself, does this church entertain me? 
what can this church do for me? Then you're entering into the conversation about church wrong. Um, I would ask, what can I bring to this particular group of people? How can we be with one another to help us get through the mess that is life? And not, is this person entertaining? Does this person inspire me today? There could be the greatest message in the world. And if I've got if I've got the rockets, my guts aren't feeling good or something. I gotta go to the bath. Like I don't. I'm not gonna be inspired. So that's that's a it's a faulty metric by which to judge a church. Um, find a place that you want to get invested in and just decide I'm gonna be a part of this community. And then of course, if there's some like something that just violates your core values, then of course you can transition out. But it's just a, it's just treating. Uh, it's like treating churches like Netflix. Like I'm just gonna scan through and find. So that's just not how you do church. Yeah. The, the point there is a huge part of it is community, for sure. Now, the on the actual stock and crypto side, I'm reading one of these articles, and it's saying, longtime member Tim said he and ever, other members were involved in Bitcoin, realized there were considerable tax benefits to donating some of it, which, you know, that's exactly why we tell people to give to the church for the tax benefits. <laughs> that's the heart that we want. And so... The good news is you don't have to give in stock and crypto. You can give if you truly trust the leadership team. I'm huge on transparency with church finances. If I don't know where the money's going, just like a nonprofit, I want to do my due diligence to make sure the money's being used wisely. And so I love when churches are very transparent about here's where the money's going, here's what we're spending our money on. And my problem with doing crypto is, you know, if you give in Dogecoin and then Dogecoin tanks the next day because Elon sent a tweet out, well, now the kids can't go on the mission trip. That's right. So this <laughs> is a right. terrible stewarding of the money that the church is being given. So I don't agree with it just on a foundational level of churches accepting this. It's cool that they're trying to like meet you where you're at and be like, hey, man, you like Bitcoin? You can come. We're cool. We're the cool church. But no, I have not heard of this. My take on it is no and just all around no is the final answer. And I wouldn't. No, don't do it. I don't think my church accepts Bitcoin and that is why I continue to go there. So you do your, <laughs> you do you live your truth, but I will not be donating in Bitcoin because I want to actually see the church do great things. And I have not seen many people do great things through Dogecoin and fake meme coins, which they're going bankrupt and crashing and fraud and scams everywhere. It's like the whole thing is coming, crashing down, John. I wonder if I'll be able to donate the curtains that I buy for my meta home in the metaverse if I could donate items used items in the metaverse to like a uh, not real virtual fantasy that church. gives me an idea for an HGTV show where they renovate fake homes in the oh, metaverse my goodness this is incredible and then it could really be it could really be one of those moments where they have like the young couple and they're like 24 and like this is Dan 24 this is Susan he dreams about websites and she mows lawns and their their budget one point five million Dogecoin million, and they're going to spend most of it in, in 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 yes. This makes me happy. Well, hey, it's an interesting question, Marge, and I appreciate you letting me know about it. All right, let's go back to reality. And Eric is actually with us on a real phone line uh, in Ohio. All right, it's Lima. There we go, Lima, Ohio. Wonderful, Eric. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Um, had a couple. Well, sorry, let me start over. Um, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I had a question about a hospital bill. My eight-month-old went into the ER. My wife stayed beside my daughter the entire time. I asked for an itemized statement because the discharge paperwork, it said that they ran tests, but they never ran tests. 
on the itemized statement, I'm getting charged roughly about $700 for tech for tests that were never performed. Is there a chance? Are these, have, what, what tests were they? Um, COVID tests or like RSV tests and like other tests. So sometimes, well, so, sometimes tests can, they might draw one vial of blood and run five different spins off that one vial. Um, or they might, um, do a quick lung listen and call that a test. Um, you're going to have a hard time fighting that because they get to classify what they consider a test. You and I might consider a COVID test, shoving that thing up your nose so far, it comes out your feet and all that. They might consider a COVID test. We did a quick, a quick um, lung listen and we didn't hear any complications there. So we're going to count that as a COVID test and move on. And they're going to charge you $750 for that COVID test or whatever it was. Um, I think you're going to be hard pressed um, to push back on those tests. You can try. Um, you can call the call the hospital administrator and ask for confirmation, but I, I think it's going to be hard pressed. So have you gotten any proof that they did conduct these tests? What was the read after you got the itemized bill and you called them back? Um, we called them back and they pretty much completely dodged this subject changed the subject they started talking about financial aid and how i can get financial aid to cover to help cover the bill they just completely changed the subject um, and i mentioned about them you might need to be the squeaky wheel and go in person um they've got a whole protocol for the phones i'd go in person and sit down with an administrator and because they're going to treat that. you as though you can't pay and so they're the, you see what I'm saying? Like they're they, trying to offload you to these right. financial They think aid you have areas. a question behind your question. Your question is not, "Hey, you are stealing from me. You're charging me for tests you didn't perform." They think you're trying to say, "Hey, I can't pay this bill," and I'm, you're trying to take things off of the bill. And so you're, it sounds like you can you could pay the 700 bucks, but this is more about principle. It's more of a moral slash principle. Yes. Okay. I'd All almost right. rather go into collections for the bill versus pay for a service I never. Per- I was never received. I have done that, and I ended up um, paying a bill out of collections. <laughs> Just so you know, I made my point, and then about a year later, my wife's like, "Are you done yet?" And I was like, "No, I didn't. They didn't do it." And it was a hospital too. And she's like, "Okay, um, you let me know when you're done." And then I'm going to pay this bill. I've also played that game, John. It's just going to keep coming. I'm just like you, Eric. I was so angry. I was like, well, I was there for 20 minutes. How is this a $500 bill? And I have insurance. This is insane. And so I called. I was like, I want to speak to your supervisor. I, I turned into a male Karen. It was full blown. It was a nasty situation. And at the end of the day, they could not and would not help me. And so at that point, you just got to go, all right, I'm going to learn my lesson here. And next time I'm going to have to sign off on every single thing they do and I will be sitting there watching them. That's the big thing is this sometimes is a $700 um, lesson learned for how I'm going to handle things next time. But right. fight the good fight, Eric. I would be that squeaky wheel until you can fight no more. Do it in person. But yeah, do it in person. Keep calling. Leave voicemails. Email administrators and supervisors and vice presidents until you get this thing dealt with, man. Fight the good fight on behalf of a broken healthcare system everywhere. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to all the folks in the booth keeping the show afloat, to my co-host, Dr. John Deloney, and to all of you out there listening. We appreciate you. We'll be back with you before you know it. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. 
Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from The Ramsey Network, like The Ken Coleman Show. Are you doing what you were born to do? I'm Ken Coleman, host of The Ken Coleman Show, where I give you practical advice to help you discover your purpose and then map out a plan to get you there. From accounting to advertising, from plumbing to production, you were created to fill a unique role, and the world needs what you have to offer. Join me on The Ken Coleman Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.